Hear ye, hear ye, word nerds. Be forewarned that this podcast contains saucy language of the modern and early modern varieties. So plan your listening accordingly. Or don't. That's a choice that you can make. But don't say we didn't warn you. Um, yeah, so I adopted her through an agency called AARF, which stands for All About Rescuing and Fixing. Um, and they're a national adoption agency. So this girl was in Tennessee. Um, whew, she just farted on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's right under my desk and I just, oh, hot damn. Um, anyway, that's a feature of the breed, too, mm, is um, flatulence. <laughs> Shakespeare show. We are your hosts, Jess Hamlet and Aubrey Whitlock, and together we are Whole Hamlet. And this week it's Troilus and Cressida 201. Yes, Ooh-hoo. Troilus and Cressida. Not Both just of Troilus, them. <laughs> not just Cressida, Troilus and Cressida. In one play. I In, mean, yeah, you know, who could ask for more? More bang for your buck. <laughs> um thank you folks so much for listening uh we hope you enjoy the show and come back for more um we're gonna start with happy hour we're just gonna jump right into fucking happy hour hell yeah yep that's yeah that's what we're doing Mm -hmm. um if you're new to the pod happy hour is a cocktail of stuff if you will that makes us happy just because cock i don't know (laughs) but also cocktail of things like it's a good pun i stand by it yeah (laughs) um it's a it's a mixture Mm -hmm. it's a bespoke mixture of things that make us happy in this life and sometimes that's like politically activated stuff like inclusivity and anti-racism and decolonization but also literally this week it's poppies (laughs) poppies yeah because your girl got a puppy oh she's Um, so so cute she's very cute um my recommendation this week is adopt don't shop that's Mm -hmm. all like save a life and adopt don't Mm -hmm don't spend thousands of dollars on a breeder no, like you really no. don't need to you can find a good dog you just gotta wait around and like yeah so i um i adopted a pupper her name Tell is Boudica, named Oof. after the celtic warrior queen yes um i call her boo for short yeah it um it the name actually has many layers for me now because she's a little pit mix yeah. and and like boo radley from yeah. the classic to kill a mockingbird <laughs> Pit bulls are are often you know misunderstood and and judged harshly. Um, they get a bad rap, but they are the sweetest little teddy bear oh Velcro dogs um, that you could ever want. Uh, so she is running around at my feet right now. Sorry, not sorry oh. if the microphone picks up her squeaky toy. Uh, or any other weird noises she makes while we're she's, recording this. But she's so um, little. She is. She's four months old. Um, oh, she's, she's a baby. Adorable. Uh, <laughs> and 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 we're we're settling into life with one another. So um, I love her yeah. so much. Adopt, she's don't so shop. 
so stinking <laughs> cute. Yep, Jess came down our very first weekend together and smushed her little face, Boy, which is it. full of the cutest wrinkles. Oh my fucking god, those wrinkles! I can't, I can't. They keep me up yeah. at night. They're her so cute. Wrinkles are the cutest. <laughs> oh, she's like, she's like a nice little like chestnutty red color. Oh, she's so cute. She's very cute. She's a gorgeous girl. Yeah. Um, she's gonna be. She's got big feet. She's gonna be a big girl. She's um, gonna I be think. a tank. She is biting my toes right now. Don't do of that. Of course she is, because you've got tasty <laughs> toes. You didn't want them bit. You shouldn't have had yeah. tasty toes, Aubrey. This is a yeah. you problem, frankly. It is, and it is. I should make my toes less tasty. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I adopted her through an agency called AARF, which stands for All About Rescuing and Fixing. So they, uh, yeah, she was with a foster family through through this rescue agency. Um, and I found her online and I, you know, just couldn't resist her little face. So anyway, thanks to the folks at ARF for their, you know, adoption and fixing efforts um, for doggies all around the nation. Yeah, that's my recommendation. What you got? OK, so not as fun as Boo, um, but just as beautiful. Uh, so I am, I'm teaching a, a queer literature course this semester and it's my favorite thing I think I've ever done. It's so great. Um, and one of the, one of the texts that we have just finished is Ocean Vong's On Earth We're Briefly Gorgeous. Mm, um, I've heard about that. Oh, I've heard about that book. I haven't read it yet. Oh, it is beautiful. Beautiful. Um, so Ocean Vong is, um, first generation uh vietnamese american i believe um uh i believe on the first generation part is vietnamese american so it's a it's a an autobiographical novel um but it's also an epistolary novel um and it's just i mean uh the the perhaps most gut-wrenching and beautiful portrait of you know intergenerational trauma and grief and what it means to be a man in America and and oh it's it is a stunning stunning piece of writing um so I think pick it up it's also pretty short. I think it's it's just under 200 pages or maybe just over 200. It's like 200 pages. It's very very short. Mm. Um and and oh, it will it will just it will do things to you. Um lot of content note, however, um it's it is it can be very very deeply upsetting. There's child abuse and there's um some pretty graphic um animal cruelty and Ooh. yeah um it's it's a brief scene but it's it's still it's upsetting um you know homophobia and body issues and addiction and just you know all just all of the content notes just all of them <laughs> um the the things that my class struggled with the most was like the, the PTSD and the intergenerational trauma. Um, but it's, it is so worth it. I think like Mm. one of the best things that I've 
read all year certainly and maybe in the last five years it's it's fantastic um so you know get a go to your library and find um ocean vong on earth we're briefly gorgeous um stunning stunning piece of literature for those of us who don't remember words like epistolary what do you mean when you say it's an epistolary novel (laughs) good very good uh so epistolary um means letter writing Ah, so the, okay. yeah yeah so the the book is written as a letter to the protagonist's mother who does not speak english mm. yeah okay yeah interesting yeah um yeah it's beautiful 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 wow cool yeah. all right well that is our happy hour um <gasps> great so this is a 201 level episode which means that today we are not going to summarize Troilus and Cressida for you. We have a different episode in which we do that. There's a 101 that exists uh, featuring the stunning and always fun mm-hmm. Molly Ceremet talking brilliant things yeah. about Troilus and Cressida um, to get you up to speed on that yeah. on the play. So we're going to assume today that anyone listening has a basic familiarity with this play mm-hmm. or at the very least, you know, the Aeneid. <laughs> right. Uh, or the Iliad or both of those things. Uh, a little bit of Greek mythology. Um, so. We are jumping ahead uh, to go into some different topics. What are we getting into today, Jess? So for 201s, what we usually do is we go narrow and deep on, uh, you know, a couple topics relating to the play. Um, (laughs) I'm not even going to give you a a clean take on that. You're just going to deal with my yawning through that sentence. Um, So today we are talking about how and why men are the literal worst. God, (laughs) fucking men. So to our male listeners, um, buckle up. Yeah. (laughs) And we're going to call you in Mm -hmm. and call you out a little bit today. Just maybe just don't be like Troilus. Yeah. Or Pandarus. Yeah. Or any of the men in this play. Just yeah. don't be these men. Yeah. Don't do yeah. that. It's, it's not hard. Just don't be shitty. Um, yeah. Okay. So one of the many conflicts at the heart of this play um, is whether or not Helen should be returned to the Greeks, right? Helen, the face that yes. launched a thousand ships, that, that bitch. Um, <laughs> she's not a bitch. <laughs> I'm going to take that. Back. We're using, we're, we're reclaiming the word bitch yes. in this, yeah. in yeah. this moment. Yeah. Right. That, that bad bitch, not yeah. like that misogynistic bitch. Um, right. so Troilus is real shitty about this in act two. And he like basically argues that Helen has been spoiled and not spoiled, like showered with, you know, gifts and things spoiled, like mm-hmm. milk, like milk has gone bad. Right. right. And so because she has been spoiled, it is, unkind to return an item to its provider when you're the one who ruined it so he compares helen to like soiled silk and uneaten food left on a plate 
gross. like yeah it's super gross and it's not cool um and then you know helen's worth as a human in this play is directly tied to her status as virgin or not virgin but yes, at the same goddamn time helen is something worth fighting for because as a wife she's a valuable commodity and a man's personal honor is tied to his wife <sighs> Yeah. But okay, can we go back to the virginity thing for a second? Always. Because <laughs> like one, it's a made up. It's made up. It's yeah, made it's up made thing. up. It's fake. The men it's made fake. up. It's a thing yeah. that men made up. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, like Helen's in particular, why are we even concerned with that? She's uh she's been a married woman, right? Like mm -hmm. you expect me to believe that for the whole time she was married to Menelaus, they weren't <laughs> doing it? Like, so why why all of a sudden is her spoilt or unspoilt uh, status um, now that she's been whisked away by Paris? Like, why is this an issue? Bro, I don't know. Because fucking men. <laughs> I mean, like, she can't... <laughs> you can't. Despite the fact that Queen Elizabeth I tried um, yeah. and, and to convince everyone that she was remade a virgin or whatever, like, uh, you can't actually... Why are we concerned about this? She's not a virgin anyway. She's yeah. been married for quite some time. Yeah. Adulterous, yeah. She ran away with another dude. But yeah. like, virgin? Virginal? No. Yeah. So, uh, because Helen, you know, has, has caused such a fuss with, you know, her face that launched a thousand ships and burnt the topless towers of Ilium, et cetera, right. et cetera. She is, in fact, a prize worth keeping. But... <laughs> Keeping her doesn't only affect Paris's honor, it affects the honor of all the men who were part of the campaign to steal her from Greece and bring her back to Troy. So, <clears throat> to return Helen would be to dishonor themselves. What the fuck? Like, how is one woman responsible for the honor of any men, but of all the men? all the trojans like every single one make it make sense i can't yeah no you can't because fucking anyway i cannot so fucking troilus <clears throat> fucking troilus end of sentence fucking troilus is also really fucking shitty about cressida which i hope we all remember but like let's look at it you know just a little bit closer so in act one uh troilus complains that being in love makes him quote womanish and that he's also quote less valiant than the virgin in the night which is some horseshit right troilus feels that like being in love makes him absolutely useless and it undermines his worth and his honor as a man like bro mm -hmm. bro <laughs> bro i mean that's a pretty common thread throughout yeah. Oh, yeah. Shakespeare's canon and the early modern canon, right? Like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, being in love makes you soft. Being in love, you know, uh, turns your judgment. Like, it makes you all in all the ways um, that women are frail, right? Yep. Um, showing any ounce of, of tenderness and love <sighs> makes you womanish and therefore stupid and illogical and, yeah. and all kinds of things, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So when Troilus is right on the brink of his assignation with Cressida in Act 3, he talks about his concern that having sex will cause him to, quote, lose distinction 
in his joys as if somehow sleeping with Cressida will undermine all sex forever and Troilus won't be able to tell one woman from another like what the fuck like that's not a thing that's not that's it's not a thing <laughs> lose distinction in his joys yeah I mean, I mean, could distinction mean like a different sense of distinction? Like, no, not distinction as in cannot distinguish, but like lose distinction as in uh, lose, um, you know, uh, status, you know, that type of distinction. Oh, hang on. Let me find it. Oh, yeah. OK, so this is the I am giddy expectation whirls me round speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is pretty famous. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so what will it be when that the watery palates taste indeed loves thrice repaired nectar? Death, I fear me, swooning destruction, or some joy too fine, too subtle, potent, too turned too sharp in sweetness for the... Yeah, okay. Uh, I do fear besides that I shall lose distinction in my joys, as doth a battle when they charge on heaps the enemy flying. Um, I'm scared. If I am, if I'm reading this correctly, I, I am scared <laughs> that having sex is, is going to muddle all sex forever and I'm not going to be able to tell things apart. And hmm. like, <laughs> that's not a thing. Hmm. <laughs> like Cressida's pussy is not... It's not that it's not it's not going to that's not that's not how sex works. That's not how women work. Well, no, um, but I mean, that's a pretty. Well, if he, too, is a virgin, right, mm -hmm. he also wouldn't know that. Then, yeah, that's would he? yeah, 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 that's true. You know, yeah, he would have so... no idea. Like, that's a dumb thing to think. But <clears throat> like, also, if he's never been with anybody else. Yeah he and and only knows what like other men tell him yeah right so um the the arden edition when they're talking about this moment they say he sounds too much like a connoisseur anxious lest too much good wine render him unable to tell one excellent bottle from another and i'm not sure that david bevington comparing <laughs> women and sex to wine is better uh the only person allowed to do that is dan levy on schitt's creek that is literally the only person allowed to do that okay so yeah have you seen schitt's creek no i couldn't get into it oh. i tried but it didn't do anything for me well i mean his whole thing the analogy was you know i like the wine not the label that's that's the sure gist of that that's the only time yeah but also, like, that's not what Troilus is saying here. No, absolutely not. No, that's no. Yeah. So um, no. anyway, so when Cresta finally shows up with Pandarus, um, Troilus, like for all of his uh, sex is going to spoil me for all women ever. Mm -hmm. um, he gets fucking performance anxiety and he freaks out about the idea that his sexual performance is directly tied to his manhood and whether he's good or bad at sex will determine whether he's an honorable or worthless man, which like of my course. dude. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like American pie. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like, again, this is not, it's not a new idea. It wasn't a new yeah. idea then. It's not a new idea now, but also like, yeah. 
So before he even sleeps with her, he just starts losing his shit over whether or not her she'll, she's going to be faithful to him just because she's a woman. Right. Yeah. And like, OK, well, you know, we're all cheaters. So, yeah. So I, just, I have to say, I know that the Trojan War was approximately 11 billion years ago and that this play was written 400 years ago. But fucking men need to stop tying their own fucking self-worth to women. We are not fucking responsible for how you fucking feel about yourself. Grow up, get some therapy, take some fucking responsibility for your own fucking feelings and actions. What the fuck? It's okay. I'm fine. I'm not bad. Go off, lady. Go off. I am clearly fine and not still angry about the bullshit that I dealt with over the summer. It's fine. It's fine. Everybody's fine here in the world. Just get some fucking therapy, bros. It's not that hard. Yeah. Or if you don't want, if you're not ready for therapy, you know who's great? Justin Baldoni. The actor. He was on, uh, you would know him from Jane the Virgin. But like, he is, he is Mr. Like, heal your issues with toxic masculinity. He is all over social media. Um, Just a gem of a human. He's got some great TED Talks. He's written a book called Man Enough. Like, he he is on top of it. So if you need a, like, totally jacked and swole looking role model, he's your dude. He yeah. is definitely your dude. Um, so if you're not ready for therapy, get you some Justin Baldoni. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> if only, if only Troilus had Justin Baldoni instead <laughs> of Pandarus. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so then, like, you know, as soon as Troilus has had the sex with Cressida, he's all like, cool, babe, that was fun. I got to bounce because I've got more important man shit to do. Go back to bed. Don't try to make me stay. Your head is empty like a baby because you're a woman. You have no thoughts. Deuces. Uh, And then Cressida's left there like, oh, damn, maybe I shouldn't have slept with him. Which, like, babe, love yourself. Like, (laughs) if you wanted to have sex, have sex. But also, Troilus sucks um okay so then there's the whole business with like the other men in this play controlling the rest of Cressida's movements and then Troilus being a giant fucking baby about a choice she didn't make mm-hmm. and then how she navigates for the situation for her own self-preservation right this whole mm-hmm. like she when she goes anyway so yeah. fuck off Troilus <laughs> just fuck off forever Troilus just fuck off so Cressida gets traded back to the Greeks for Antenor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Troilus is all like, yeah, this is a great trade. You know, we get our warrior back and they just get a woman. Like, lol, sucks to suck, Greece. Um, but then he spends like 97,000 lines saying goodbye to Cressida and telling her to be true to him, even though he absolutely doesn't trust her because she's a woman and has already slept with him and he knows what men are like. And then fucking Ulysses is all welcome home, slut face get fucked ulysses he certainly can yeah um so all of that to say is like this play is shitty about women and cressida gets a raw fucking deal and like yeah she does you know this is this is not even i'm stopping short of the scene where she gets passed around the camp and like has to make out with all the dudes because i'm it's too rough it's it's rough and it's too early for me to be that angry on a wednesday morning (laughs) it's just yeah agreed agreed um 
it's kind of the worst. Now, here's yeah. an interesting thing. Now that I'm actually like looking at the text for yeah. a second, and Hit since me. we were looking at three two anyway, mm -hmm. um, and those lines. Mm -hmm. So, so this is bizarre. Um, Where are we at? Uh, just just from the top of three two, and then and then through to the end of the scene. This play or this scene right now is doing some some weird stuff with verse and prose mm -hmm. that I that I can't quite make out um, because and, and at first I thought, oh, it's Pandarus mm -hmm. being present. Right. It's it's they're they're switching because of that. But like, I, I'm not so sure that's true. So um, and I wonder I just wonder if that's got much to do with what you've been talking about, like all of Troilus's anxieties and mm -hmm. his misogyny and dur -dur 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 and how that how the rest of that scene goes, right? Because like this is the famous famous scene in the play. They're they're the closest these two get to like the cute Romeo and Juliet-ish, like the lovers yeah. meet, you know, yeah, yeah. and whatever. So like it starts in verse, right? Pandarus is here. I mean, I think I'm pretty sure Pandarus is kind of always talking in prose, but Troilus is is in verse, right? Um, for the I am giddy, expectation rolls me round, bloody bloody blah, blah, blah. It's weird verse, but it's verse. Um, and and then Pandarus brings uh he goes to get Cressida, he brings her in, and then prose, 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 prose. So like what what is that you know um Pandarus like gets Cressida and Troilus together he's like go go on go on go on go talk to each other go you know say things admit that you like each other and he kind of leaves them alone and so they're alone and they're talking in prose 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 um and this is the conversation of like uh this is before they can really kind of admit their feelings a little bit yeah Cressida's being kind of coy you know they say all lovers swear more performance than they are able and yet reserve an ability that they never perform vowing more than the perfection of 10 and discharging less than a tenth part of one they that have the voice of lions and the active hairs are they not monsters I mean one sick burn Cressida um <laughs> like good job girl uh, <laughs> go off yeah <laughs> um but two, like, and then Pandarus comes back shortly after that, right? Troilus is like sputtering at that and like, mm -hmm. because she has just named like all of his performance anxieties mm -hmm. that you were just talking about, right? Pandarus comes back, they're still in prose. And then suddenly, uh, after Cressida says, boldness uh, comes to me now, brings me to heart, Prince Troilus, I have loved you night and day for many, many weary months. And then suddenly we're back in, in verse land. Um, and, and like, there's a sort of rule of thumb of like, when you're speaking emotionally in a Shakespeare play, it's often in verse. And when you're speaking logically, quote unquote, it's often in prose, but I'm not so sure that that's what's happening in this scene. Um, I'm wondering if this is some, I don't, I'm at, I'm at home, which is not unusual because I'm always at home when we record, but I, I, all of my books now are in my campus office um i'm wondering if this is if any of this can be explained by like compositor stuff mm. like running out of yeah. room on the page right so setting mm -hmm. setting versus prose um but i can't check because be. my folios are in my campus office 
Um, and I suppose I could Google it. <laughs> could be. Yeah. I mean, there's also, um, you know, this this play does exist in folio and quarto. Mm-hmm. So, um, and thank you, Internet Shakespeare Editions, because I just pulled up the quarto, the 1609 first quarto. Great. And I'm trying to see, like, if if that's maybe what you what you're getting at, if that's possibly true. Um, yeah, I'm. I've got Folger Luna up, and I'm I'm looking for the Troilus part in the folio. Yeah. Yeah, and like. That switch still seems to hold. Uh, where does Troilus and Cressida fall in the folio? Oh Christ! It's oh, yeah, no. it's at the end. <laughs> like I know that it it's not in the table of contents because it was so last minute. Right. At the back, I don't know. It's I not at the, no, it's not at the back. It's like it's between. Oh, found it. Mm. Okay. Um. What? Sorry. What scene is this? This is three Me too. something. Three, two. I can't believe I'm going to this much effort just to like <laughs> figure just to out some, some lineation. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, you did it. Um, <laughs> okay. What am I looking at for? <laughs> oh, verse, right. The lineation switch between verse stuff. and prose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, See, I'm not seeing it in the quarto. I'm seeing the same switch that I am looking at in a modern edition. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm. I don't think that this is a an a, a, an issue of spacing in the print house. Yeah. So then we can reasonably yeah. assume it was a deliberate choice. <laughs> All of, of that. Just hey, you know this. what? That's important. Like we're showing our work here. That's yeah. that's important. Yeah. So then, so okay, if we can, if we can determine that it probably was not compositor error or mm-hmm. compositor necessity mm-hmm. <laughs> to squeeze words on the page then then why right like mm-hmm. um and i guess you know really it's up to performers to to make that choice um, yeah. to see it uh, it's not yeah um you know it's neither oh fuck me it's neither here nor there um for us looking at it. I just, since we were looking at this scene anyway, mm-hmm. it just mm-hmm. struck me as a, um, the timing of the shift yeah. was, is a little bizarre just because it starts in verse goes into prose mm-hmm. and then goes back into verse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I thought it was tied to Pandarus, but it appears not to be. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting thing. If Molly were here, she'd have some thoughts. I no doubt. Betcha. I mean, she directed betcha. it, so we could ask her yeah. what yeah. you know well, her actors did yeah. in that moment. Molly's Molly's coming back, um, not for Troilus and Cresta, but for other <laughs> other plays to say other smart things later in the season. So don't miss her too much because she'll be back very very soon. <laughs> uh, I mean, I miss her every day because she's my best friend and I love her. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, this play men suck. The end. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, man. I just Yeah, and like yeah. Just thinking about this is also 3-2. This is the moment where it is decided between the three of them uh by Pandarus that all true lovers are true as Troilus, right? And it's all true as Troilus. Yeah, true as Troilus. And then all false women are cressids. Right? So one, you fucked up the alliteration, pander, good fucking job, you fail. 
but but also like so this is where this is where that happens right in, in this scene that's supposed to be like young love blossoming but we're also you know foreshadowing the again she's not false that's what that's what really just chaps my ass about this play is that mm-hmm. she's not false to anyone if anything everyone else is false to her mm-hmm. her dad betrays her troilus mm-hmm. gets in a little mm-hmm. bitch fit about her her own like she's just surviving some really shitty circumstances like you don't get to be you don't get to be all huffy about that Hmm. that's not it's it it, isn't about you bitch now i'm mad god damn it (laughs) this made me mad little boy go home little boy she is trying she is trying to get raped less like yes she is trying to survive in a pack of raping pillaging men like what the fuck else is she supposed to do Mm -hmm. i just you know the what is it i've recently learned that psychologists now say that instead of just fight or flight response there's fight flight freeze and fawn in a crisis uh, uh of crisis responses right uh you know when your adrenaline kicks in there's actually sort of four directions that people might go um rather than just the two fight or flight and it seems to me like cressida is doing the fawn yeah in her in to survive right because uh who is it um who does she end up with the who's her protector it starts with a d diomedes is that it there we go yeah that's it um yeah like he he is the one who kind of who offers her protection in this group of men who definitely want to gang rape her. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And, and like, what the fuck else is she supposed to do? Mm -hmm. You know, I, yeah, it, it seems to me like she is, she is literally surviving. She is doing one of the four most understandable things that a human being does to, to survive. Yeah. Um, so I just, I mean, let's be real. In in the story of the Iliad, all of the women deserve all better. Of them. All of they them. They all deserve better. Yeah. Um, every single one of them, Helen included, they all deserve better. Um, but of course, you know, men wrote these poems. So <laughs> and yeah. men wrote the stories. Yeah. And <laughs> like, men are going to frame it the way they're going to frame it, uh, which is why representation matters. Yes. Oh, cool. Well, that was meandering. <laughs> it always is with us. <laughs> that was a fun meandering feminist rant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great. Cool. I feel good about that. Do you want to play a game? <laughs> I do want to play a game. Let's play Lion Yay. Roulette. Let's play a game. We haven't played a game in so fucking long. I feel like while you're getting your dice together, I, I need to reorient the listeners to what this even is. So we're going to play Line Roulette. It's a tried and true favorite. I have volunteered as tribute because it's been so very long since I've read or even thought about Troilus and Cressida. So Jess, you can hear the dice kind of crackling in the in the background there. Uh, Jess is going to randomly assign me an act and a scene and a line number. And I have to, based on the line that she gives me, I have to, I have a minute um, to explain why that line in particular encapsulates all 
of Troilus and Cressida. So Mm -hmm. let's do this. Act five. Great. Love it. Getting there. Hold on. Now I am working with a digital text today. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, and the, um, the internet Shakespeare editions has continuous line numbers. So I'll have to just do a little bit of mathing when you give me a line number from the scene. Great. So it'll just take me a second. Yeah. How many, how many, how many scenes do we have in act five? Christ, I don't question. know. Two, three, uh, we got three, we got four, we got five, we got six, we got eight, we got nine. Shit. Damn. We, got, we have 11 scenes in Act 5. Fucking hell. Okay. Uh, scene nine. Act 5, scene nine. Great. Act 5, scene nine. Cool. I'm there. Oh, it's a shorty. Okay. That's um, You can have line 13. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. It is line 13 of Act 5, Scene 9 of Troilus and Cressida uh, is Achilles. He says, on, Myrmidons, cry you all amain. That's the exact same line in mine. So awesome. Yeah. Great. Oh, uh, timer, timer. I'm good timer. at the counting. Okay, go ahead. Okay, okay. Here we go. So on, Myrmidons, cry you all amain. This line encapsulates the totality of Troilus and Cressida because, okay, the Myrmidons were Achilles's like elite squad of, of army, right, of fighters. Um, and they, so they're like already like really up on their high horse of like, yeah, we're the best. We're men. Ugh. And we're going to go kill stuff and we're going to fight for Achilles, but only when Achilles wants. Um, and Achilles was notorious for having little bitch temper tantrums, just like Troilus, <laughs> just like Paris, just like Ulysses, just like every other man in this play. Uh, and so the other half of that line, cry you all amain. Um, cry could have many different meanings here. I'm going to take it to mean crying and whine, be a whiny little bitch. Um, Cause that's what we've determined this play is about is whiny little bitch boys. Um, so there's that, the crying Myrmidons crying all amain. Um, amain, I'm not quite sure exactly how that word fits in, but it's my time. So there you go. Whiny little bitch boys. Nice. <laughs> that's what this is about. Nice. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I know I'm not wrong. <laughs> good job, okay. babe. Well, that, okay. That was good, good. I feel like I exercised some demons there. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, have right. we got any gossip at all? I oh, mean... what I usually do for this is, uh, oh, yeah, in a 201, I usually like to pull up, like, where mm-hmm. the play in question is playing right now <sighs> no i'm not sure that tra- it is so no one's um, doing Troilus and cressida which is fine seems as though yeah seems not um mm-hmm, staten island shakespeare's free production of Troilus and cressida in september of this year okay so staten we, island we missed it <laughs> two months ago yeah yeah staten island but like that's I think the most recent one I've been able to find. Um, all right. Yeah, that's uh, that's it. It's not a popular title this year or nope. really any year. Nope. Um, so if we missed one, folks, get in touch with us and, and let us know if, uh, you know, if we missed a an ongoing or upcoming production of, of TNC happening right now. Um, 
you know, it, eh, it's okay. Everybody's doing the Tempest this year. Nobody gives a <sighs> shit about Trellis and Cressida. So, and I mean everybody Fucking is doing Tempest. the Tempest this year. I hate that play. So, yeah. Any any other any news from your corner? I mean, I got a tattoo. Oh, but it is Shakespeare related. Oh, my I, bad. Yeah, I got I got a tattoo over the weekend. Yay! Just got her first tattoo. Got a got a Shakespeare tattoo. Um, yeah, no, Lovely. I I think I think I've actually said this before on the pod when I finally. So I've been thinking about this tattoo for twenty years. Um, which is absurd. And three or four years ago, maybe, um, I finally decided what it was going to be. <laughs> um, and it's a line from Coriolanus, which, like, I can't even fucking believe I tattooed Coria fucking Lanus on my body. Oh. But Oof. I did. Hot. I'm into um, it. I'm, but if, if it was like the fisting each other's throats, like, yeah, it'd be sexy. But it's not. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's like first citizen. It's like this. Anyway. Uh, so the line is, tis a spell uh, you see of some power. You know the way home again. Um, and I, I got it done on my like, not hip and not ribs but like sort of between hip and ribs i called it on the on the form i said haunch (laughs) (laughs) um uh and it's it's so i i it's prose um so the my tattoo artist um split it up into three lines and the top line is in my brother's handwriting the middle lines in my dad's handwriting the bottoms in my mom's handwriting um and i love it and it is four days old now and it is so fucking itchy (laughs) um and i have to like take the like plastic bandagey shit off today um Mm. and i'm terrified that that is going to make it more itchy uh but that is the price that i will pay for having this super sweet fucking tattoo that i love and now i am planning my next tattoo which will not be Uh a shakespeare tattoo (laughs) see that's the thing like once you get one like it's addictive i've had i i know i know what my first three tattoos are gonna be um deciding on the first one was easy yeah, so I, I've decided what my first three tattoos were going to be. Two and three were easy. It was <laughs> once I once I had once I settled. It took twenty years figuring out what my first one was going to be. Then the other two were like walk in the park. Yeah, no, I've been cooking up my tattoos. Two and three and four. Two and three are linked, and but they're separate pieces. And four is like a different thing. So Wait, what do you mean two and three? You already have like eight. Well, I mean, after those, I don't have eight. I have two. <laughs> I guess this would be three, four and five. Then I only have two. I've got the one between my shoulders at the nape of my neck and I've got yeah, a yeah. little sperm on my ankle. That's it. That's all I've got. Okay. 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 <laughs> I mean, I, I trust you to know how many <laughs> tattoos you have. <laughs> I have like a dozen piercings, head, but not, 90. not, um, more than two tattoos so word uh i also there's like one more line of shakespeare that i'm thinking about somewhere oh i have a bunch i've got a running list in the notebook app on my phone just a running list of quotes that i want to put all over my body um (laughs) it is really addictive it the only thing mostly the only thing keeping me away is the money so even stanton prices it's like (sighs) i have other things to pay for God, my tattoo is so fucking cheap. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, it's just a little bit of writing. I was so, yeah, 
I know it was fast and yeah. Anyway, um, if you're if you're in the Shenandoah Valley, Old Wharf Tattoo in mm-hmm. Stanton, Virginia, they're pretty awesome. Shout out relatively, to them; they're amazing. Relatively and... new establishment, um, but they're making a name mm-hmm. for themselves around here. They're pretty great. Yeah, they're so, killing it. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right, that's well, it. Uh, thank you so much yeah. for listening. We hope you leave the podcast more informed or <laughs> chastened, <laughs> angry, <laughs> chastened or angry or fired up or all of those things. Uh, than when you started. Yeah. Yeah. Um, coming, you know, next time, uh, we're going to be talking about Twelfth Night. We're going to do a 301 episode, Woo-hoo. and um, that'll be that'll be a time. So come on back. Hey. Lamlet out. Go team. Bye. The Hurley Burley Shakespeare Show is produced and edited by Aubrey Whitlock and Jess Hamlet. If you enjoyed our podcast, please tell your friends, rate us, leave a review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts. For show notes and other stuff, you can visit our website at www.hurleyburleyshakespeareshow.com. You can get in touch with us by emailing holla, H-O-L-L-A, at hurleyburleyshakespeareshow.com. You can also find us at hurleyburleyshakes on Instagram. Or at hurleyburleyshake, no S, on Twitter. The land on which I live and work, colonially known as Stanton, Virginia, is the unceded territory of the Monacan Confederation of Nations, and I pay my respects to their elders past and present. The traditional custodians of the land on which I live are the Lenape Nation, and I pay my respects to their elders past and present. Learn about where you live at native-land.ca. Get involved at ndncollective.org and find out more about the Land Back campaign at landback.org. All opinions you heard are strictly our own and not affiliated with the institutions we represent. Hang on. Becky just did a giant stinky fart. Dang, what is it with our farting animals today? Or maybe a poop. She corrupts the air.